Hi, I'm Emily Merrill, Chief Networker and founder of Six Degrees Society, and you're listening to Creative Women's Co. Podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the Creative Women's Co. Podcast with Ari, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of having a small business and being a creative woman entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome back to Creative Women's School Podcast. Today, in this lovely weather that we finally get here in Chicago, I'm so excited to welcome Emily Merrill. I mean, honestly, who doesn't know Emily? Um, I've been to one of her events um, at the Six Degree Society event. Um, was it like a few months or so ago, Emily? It was in December. It was right before Christmas that I met you. God, how is it? How is it like flying by so fast? I mean, like literally. I literally had a conversation with myself. I was like, I did taxes, right? Like we're we're past tax season. (laughs) But anyway, though, yeah, I mean, I agree with you because I feel like this year have been just like so fast. I can't even believe that we're creeping into June already. It's so peculiar that people are talking about summer. And, and like what you said in Chicago, you said that the weather has been really fall-like recently. I, I'm yeah. in San Francisco, so there's no transition of seasons. I'm like, oh, it's fall every single day. So I'm not quite <laughs> sure where I am or what season we're in. Oh, my God. But honestly, though, um, we'll just let it be what it is. I mean, as long as it's going to be like uh, warmer and there's no snow, I hope, um, yes. I'll be exactly. fine. I mean, like, honestly, I'll be grateful. Whatever it is, I can absorb as much as uh, vitamin D as I can. Um, as long as the puffy jacket is away. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> and aside from that, though, I am so excited to finally have you on our podcast today because I know that when we met um, – before Christmas and all that stuff. It's like, I want her to be on the podcast because I feel like you could share a lot of your um, stories and all the ups and down and everything so that people can also listening in about what happened in your day-to-day and then knowing that it's also normal to have the ups and down too, right? Because honestly, nobody have it perfect all the time, like literally. What are you talking so. about? Yeah. Your life's not perfect? <laughs> I think your social media showed life being perfect. So that's how life is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So true. It's so it's so refreshing when you have like the the other side of the coin and you see that people yeah. are flawed and everything isn't you know the perfection that we put in mm-hmm. into the world through social media. So it's it's great. I'm so honored and thrilled to be part of a conversation like this. So thank, thank you. you for having me on. Yeah. So why don't we start with um, introducing who you are? So tell tell our audience a little bit about who you are, Emily, and then um, what did you do in the past, and then where you currently are right now, and a little bit more about the Six Degree Society. Yeah, for sure. So hi everyone. I'm Emily at. I'm the founder of Six Degrees Society and chief networker. Um, Six Degrees Society is a women's-focused networking organization. We started back in New York City in 2014 as a side hustle. It was never, ever, ever supposed to be a business. And here we are in year 2018 with a presence in 10 markets across the country um, and a full-time hustle. So before I was a Six Degrees Society uh, fanatic, I was doing special events and marketing for fashion companies. Um, when this idea was created, I was actually working at Tory Birch at the time, um, opening stores, planning events, uh, launching new products, and then uh, ended up leaving the fashion world at the end of 2015. 
that was a lot of stuff that you did i mean like honestly how did you juggle all that while you're <laughs> also still creating um the six degree society i mean like how was how was your schedule look like you know it's so funny back in the day i was always i i still am but i'm still trying to figure that out with this being my full-time job now mm-hmm. um but i always loved having a side hustle and even when i worked at tori i was working i was building this and doing an event a month just in New York. So it wasn't so much work. And then I was planning, um, I was planning events for a matchmaking company. Like I always needed to be doing more. I was planning, um, I hosted supper club once a month for my friends. I loved, I I just naturally needed to bring people together and sought out all the ways I could. So it's actually really challenging now having this as a full-time business because people ask me all the time what my hobbies are. (laughs) And I'm like, um, this is my hobby, but it's not anymore, but it is. I feel like I get to learn so many things through it. So I don't have actual hobbies, quote unquote, anymore or side hustles. Are you thinking of maybe having um, other activity to be your new hobby then, or no? <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, I love. I'm a. I'm an avid reader. I love working out. I love. Um, I love television. I've. I don't know. I have like an addiction right now to Netflix and Hulu. That's a little unhealthy. Um, <laughs> I love cooking. So like, I love doing things. And I'm in a new city. I recently moved from New York to San Francisco and moved in with a, my boyfriend. So it's been really fun kind of just exploring more of like the the creative side with food mm-hmm. um, and, you know, being outside a bit more than I had previously. But yeah, there is this itch of like, okay, what else do I want to do? <laughs> uh, should I take up knitting again? Probably. Wait, do you knit? I do. Yeah. That's so cool. I don't, I can't understand knitting to be honest, but so yeah. Super therapeutic. I used to make jewelry, <laughs> knit. Yeah. My boyfriend's an artist and he's like, you, you should do something. <laughs> so, it's funny. That is awesome. So tell me a little bit about, um, when the moment that when you, or those like some, um, memories when you were young, do you remember what you actually love doing when you were still younger? I mean, like when you were a kid, I guess. Yeah, I as a kid, I was I was definitely like a mini entrepreneur at a very young age. Um, I loved making jewelry, which is like the jewelry that I made were, were like the um, the ones that you made at summer camp. But mm-hmm. I would always take it to the step further, and like I'd try to sell the jewelry on the playground. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably against like a lot of laws. And then I also loved. Um, oh yeah, I remember. T- yeah, I just spent like a whole summer. I set up a little picnic table. Um, we have a summer cottage in Michigan and I would just mm-hmm. like sell these jewelry pieces I made in hopes to like donate to the um, the Humane Society. And that whole summer I made like $150 and I felt like a millionaire. And we gave a, th- a third of it to the Humane Society and I felt like the most generous person <laughs> in the entire world. Nice. Beautiful. Which is so funny. But yeah, so I always loved, um, I always loved working and I always loved like creating things. Mm -hmm. And I think at an early age, I loved business. But in hindsight, like thinking back what I wanted to be, I loved, um, I loved performing to an extent. And I was never in like a creative theater or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I loved like being in control of a situation, which it like transitions perfectly into what I do professionally. So Emily, I know um, before you 
you take the six degree society like full time and then um i'm i'm sure you kind of trying to figure out whether or not this is gonna be like um your full-time thing is it gonna work like um like financially for you and all that kind of stuff what was how was it that you able to know okay i'm gonna quit my job and i'm gonna do this full-time what was that experience like was you were you feeling like pressure or was there like a very key moment that you feel like it's time to do it or it's time to leave um so You know, it's funny because I don't have like a normal story where I saved and I planned and I thought it through the way that a normal person should. Mm -hmm. I honestly, as I mentioned earlier, it started off as a side hustle. So the whole business started backwards. Um, For example, like I started doing these events and I, I had started with one event that led to an event a month that led to someone being like, you have to stop BCCing everyone. You have to create like a MailChimp, which led to someone being like, you need a website. And so all of it kind of happened because I had a really amazing support system around me who were, who saw more potential in me before I even saw potential. And they really um, kind of ushered me forward and guided me. And it, I was being told all the time, like, you need to, you need to take this full time. You need to take this full time. And for me, I had this fear of, of jumping. Um, I was an associate level at Tory and I felt like I needed to be a manager before I did something full time. And I didn't feel like I had the credibility that I wanted before, um, I was able like, you know, feet first going into this. So I ended up actually accepting a role in a very similar position that I had at Tory for a company called Intermix as a manager. And I loved it. And I loved the learning experience. And I honestly think like that last experience being there, for example, we had no budget at all. And mm-hmm. I learned how to be really scrappy. And I learned how to be really, um, I learned how to ask for things in exchange for things and like kind of, uh, see the value of our customer in exchange for a product or like alcohol being donated or whatnot. And, um, it wasn't until I was there and was feeling this like extreme itch that I felt like I needed to, to pursue six degrees society full time that I made the leap. And like I mentioned, I wasn't as financially prepared as I probably should have been or like business plan prepared as I should have been. However, Mm -hmm. I have to say that the second that I quit and I put my resignation in, I had this fire that was so intense and so powerful within me that catapulted me forward in a way that in a force that I never even known possible. So, and I'm always wondering had I had like $40,000 in savings, if I would have felt that like sense of urgency and that hunger Um, so yes, to answer your question, no, I wasn't like as financially prepared as I should have been. And I don't recommend it, but then again, again, on the flip side, like it forced me to just be like the mama bear of my business and make sure that this thing survived no matter what. I like it. I mean, honestly, the way you describe it, I think a lot of us are not fully prepared in terms of like the um the financial side of it right because we feel like um i mean you'll never be prepared (laughs) yes you'll never be prepared and then another thing is that when you know that you want to pursue it you know and i think money can come later because once you have that passion that drive this like what you mentioned earlier emily um that will get you to where you want to be that's where you can feel like your vision is finally aligned and you have like 
more time to execute that ideas and then pushing it more forward and then the money will come right exactly exactly and i i honestly believe that and i think you know it's funny we recently just did a website rebrand and it was the person the person i ended up going with was um the person who built my very first website and she was the one who like kind of helped build brand guidelines for me before Mm -hmm. i could give i was like whatever i don't care about the colors um (laughs) And so for this one, we were like, let's be thoughtful and like sit down and understand who I am and who we are and who we've Uh evolved into. And so it was really great that she was such an integral part of that, that like growth and development, um, both as a brand. Like, again, most companies start with like, this is my name. This is my logo. This is this, 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 this. We even started, we had a different name. We were called City Society before. And then once it, I decided to go into business. Um, I was like, I don't feel comfortable using City Society as a name because it was a shared name that I had adapted from like a Facebook group. And then I was like, I need to start something completely fresh. Mm -hmm. So um, Six Degrees Society came like the second I quit, basically. Nice. That is amazing. And tell me um, a little bit more about like challenges that you had faced when you're building Six Degree Society? I mean, like, is there anything that you feel like, okay, that one challenge is like so hard for me. And I think it will empower other women to, you know, like based from your experience, it would like inspire them um, or any other experience that you've, yeah. it's, it was a challenging issue that you had to face. Um, I think asking for help was a challenging issue for me. Um, You know, there's this pride in like, well, I made this decision or like, this is, I made my bed now I must sleep in it. And Mm -hmm. I I think initially I siloed myself a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then I learned like the power of this is the problem I have. Put it out to the universe or like ask the people that surround you and then you can find that solution collectively and so it literally was ego and pride and putting that aside and making sure that that was nowhere to be seen because this wasn't a time to say yes to i know how to do everything because it was a time to be vulnerable yeah. and say no i know how to do nothing and um one of the smartest things that i did was a few, I think it was like the week after I quit, I went to a dinner party and I sat next to this amazing woman named Allison Gilbert. And she, um, she was a career coach or like a business coach. And I started working with her right out of the gate. And she was so imperative into like the, the data that I collected and, um, like setting up KPIs and thinking about things in a different way, because I think I would have been very small minded, had I not had someone to continue pushing me even further, you know, you need it. Like when you're on your own, you don't have a a manager, you don't have like a coworker, you don't have someone that's like, you're better than this. So you need to find Mm -hmm. either like a mentor or a, um, or a business coach or just a peer that can like be that kind of bad guy in your life and push you and push those buttons and make sure that you go beyond your own um, limitations. Well, now that you have your own like community from uh, the Six Degree Society, I, th- I think that could be your sounding board too, right? Do oh, you like sir. ask questions with your own um, community as well? all the time. I feel like, I feel like such a cheat. I feel so, (laughs) so, so fortunate where I'm like, guys, we're coming up with a new tagline and I'll like do a poll. And so we just rebranded our tagline to your social network IRL. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, 
that was the most popular one. And it was just so interesting to see how people reacted to things or like I'll poll people all the time and think like, oh, I know my people, they're this, 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 and then I'll pull them. And I'm like, whoa, they're actually more interested in like wellness and personal Mm -hmm. development than career. Huh? Okay. And so I'll pivot accordingly and kind of just take uh, temperature. And I think that's the power of it too, right? Emily, you have your audience already. And then Mm -hmm. while you building the community, anything that you would want to incorporate with the with the business, uh, within Sex Degree Society, everything have to be what your community wants. And sometimes we feel like, I mean, it happens with us here at Creative Women's School as well. Whatever we feel like, okay, people are going to love this. And then we'll be throwing it out there. It's like, hey guys, what do you think about this? And then they completely say the opposite. It's like, oh, good thing we asked, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sh- Nikes. Yeah, right? Oh, I totally, totally feel you. It is so funny. Like, I think the biggest realization that we have to have mm-hmm. is that our business is us, but isn't us at the same time. And like, while I thought, well, I think when I first built Six Degrees Society, it was an extension of me yeah. in, the, in the sense that like, it was the itch that I needed scratched. And it's evolved so beyond that particular itch. And, you know, initially it was for a community of my girlfriends and then their friends. Yeah. And now it's even broader than that. So I have people signing up where I'm like, how the hell did they hear about us? And mm-hmm. thank you, Google, for like SEO purposes. <laughs> and social media social media but like that's been so cool when people we have this new member that is from Hamden Connecticut and she's you know she found it with one of her friends and they're driving from like an hour and change to New York City to attend our events and that I'm like awesome. I mean, you yeah. want to cry um but yeah the challenges yes there's a million of them but my biggest one I think is just like getting out of my own way and asking for help and then also I've made probably every mistake under the sun, you know, um, Don't we all? yeah, we all have like how even like pictures. Um, for example, I had a picture that I stole from the internet for an event and I got a like cease and desist <laughs> letter and you're like, holy smokes, how did they, I didn't even know about like royalty free images and things like that. So, um, just really asking smarter questions and, um, not being, scared to make mistakes and knowing that you're going to be throwing a lot of money at things at times and then there'll be times that a lot of money's coming in Mm -hmm. and um to also invest in yourself like I think especially as a business owner you want to keep you want to pinch those pennies and you want to you want to nickel and dime everything and you have to remember like this is kind of like a business school of itself like you got to do a little investing in yourself to continue learning hi there I'm Leslie Castromare from Creative Women's Co. I'm here to tell you about the collective membership. Many of you have been asking us about how you can be more involved and engaged with us, whether it's through our live events or online. Here's how. Join us as a collective member starting as low as $9 a month. You can join Ari and many other creative women entrepreneurs for quality conversations at our live and online events, learning brunches, casual cocktail events, panel gatherings, speed mentoring sessions, and more. Also included is a monthly collective members only live mastermind video call on a variety of topics to discuss your challenges and how you can thrive. All that and more included in your collective membership starting as low as $9 a month. Join us as a collective member today. Sign up at creativewomens.co slash membership.
So, hey, um, I do have this question because I know um, you're expanding to multiple cities and then um, I know it's originally started off um, in New York and now you're everywhere, right? Um, so how did you let go that that perfectionist <laughs> or like that? Or basically, let me rephrase, I guess. How do you how do you position yourself as a leader in your own organization and um, how do you basically give that trust to new people coming in into the organization it it was harder at the beginning than it is now what's been really really awesome is going when i visit each city having the ambassadors um do their spiel like do the little intro i swear to you like i've been crying every single time they do it because they do it better than i do it they do it with more excitement and passion and like a personal story around it well yeah. when i do it i'm like okay you all know what this is right okay so let's get into the networking <laughs> and you know I, i think i like sell myself shorter than they sell it uh to people and so it was this feeling of like they're more excited and they're like so happy to be a part of something bigger like they're the ones who sought me out there was um one ambassador in Atlanta who's like I she was so nervous the first time she she did the spiel by herself she mm -hmm. was like I hate public speaking I'm so uncomfortable sitting in front of people and I was like oh my god she's gonna suck this is gonna be horrible and mm -hmm. um I ended up creeping through like a live stream and she she did such a great job and she really learned how to like develop Um, a confidence in, in standing in front of people and taking ownership of, of an organization. And that's the really cool feeling is that I'm able that they're like many owners of their cities. And I want these people to, to feel a real ownership of the community that they're cultivating. And I'm, I'm there like the principal basically. And they're the teachers yeah. that are teaching the class. Um, so Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident in my in my ambassadors and their capabilities. And if anything, like when, you know, I had an ambassador who was like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. They don't have a cheese board at the store. And mm -hmm. you know, I was like, well, this is a learning opportunity. Why are you texting me? Because I'm not there. Like, <laughs> what, what can you do? Like, what are the solutions to these problems? Yeah. So I like, again, I'm not, I'm not like doing operation on anyone or not saving you know, saving lives. But, um, once I saw the ownership and mind you, there have been some moments that I see pictures and I'm like cringing and I'm like, Oh, they didn't even take the cheese out of the wrapper. Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's not the experience I wanted. Or like, I, I know I'm, I love hugging every person and like really spending yeah. time with each person. And, you know, going back to New York, it was really hard where people came up to me and they're like, we really miss you. It's not the same without you. And my heart broke. Like I oh, no. went home and kind of cried. And yeah. I know they meant it in the nicest way. But it's like, oh, God, did I fail them? Because I left them. I'm not. Yeah. Well, I know that on the other side, I hear just like, oh, my God, your girls are killing it. They're doing such a great job. So, but yeah, you still feel this like abandonment of your child whenever you leave a city. Oh my gosh. So um, with that though, do you feel like you're gonna do um, like a special event in every city whenever you're gonna come visit? Oh, for sure. or yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I think that's the, the beautiful thing is like when I pop into a city, I usually like to pop in for usually for like a week or so. And so I really mm -hmm. get to get a sense of the city and the people. And um, I feel so fortunate that I get like 
I can feel like I lived in Chicago for two weeks or I can feel like I lived, lived in the city, not just visited. Um, but yeah, so definitely doing that. And honestly, one of my biggest struggles with the ambassador thing is this feeling of, I need to do an event a month. I need to have like, well, no matter what I need to do an event. And Mm -hmm. last year I kind of realized like, that's just not right. Like that's not realistic. You know, Mm -hmm. I have ambassadors that got married or got pregnant and, you know, Mm -hmm. moved to different cities. And I have to remember like these people are in transition and will transition. Ultimately it's not their full-time job at all. It's a volunteer Mm -hmm. thing. So if you guys are interested in being an ambassador, please reach out. Um, (laughs) But um, it, that if I don't have an event in a city or if like, an event doesn't perform that well, that's not the end of the world and it doesn't mean the Mm -hmm. end of the city. So I really have restructured the way that I've looked at my markets and I I looked at the markets that I think I can spend the most time with and dedicate the most energy to and really prioritizing those markets and then looking at it like I did with my stores when I managed stores. So it's like Mm. you have your flagship stores and then you have like a tier A store and a tier B store. And then there's the stores that I activate when I'm in town. Got it. So let's um, steer the conversation a little bit. I wanted to ask you if you had no limitation at all, what would you spend your life working toward? Ah, great, great question. I would love no limitation, all the money in the world. I would love to have one of me full time in every single city. (laughs) I really would like all over the country where it's something where you move to Idaho or Iowa Mm -hmm. and you have that same experience, even in these smaller cities that probably don't get as much attention as like a Chicago or New York and, and really feel like you're coming home. Um, And then ultimately and I swear to God, this better, by the time this podcast is released, I hope to God that this is live, um, but we're changing to an app. So it's going to be like a much more streamlined process for booking your events and like searching for events. And I just want to create this global, like pre-approved community of badasses who can help one another and lean on one another and that intimidation and fear of being the new girl in a city or being unsure of your career path is is not even a blip on your mind anymore oh my gosh that is so wonderful i wish i wish you actually was around when i uh moved from bali to chicago the first time because i feel like that would save me a lot of like trouble figuring out where do i need to go who do i need to connect with because that was the struggle because when you just like move Mm -hmm. um, from either like different cities let alone like different country you're literally trying um to connect with other people from scratch like you have no network at all well maybe other than your family or like spouse family or whatever right so it's just like so hard for me at the very beginning and I was like how there's gotta be like a better way to do this but I'm so happy that you're building it it's like girl girl flirting 101 kind of you're like hi I'm new here do you want to be friends (laughs) (laughs) which is always like the hardest part like oh my god like guys so easy girls we're we're intimidating and we like psych ourselves up in our brains and we're like she's so she's so powerful and successful and pretty and she's not gonna want to be friends with me because I'm lame and like what is wrong with us and then you you know she's looking at you thinking the same exact thing and that's the bullshit I want to remove oh my gosh I was actually talking to another woman earlier today and she's a mom right and then she also um kind of 
talk to me about what is it with women that sometimes we just kind of like doubt ourselves or even like trying to reach out to somebody um, afraid that we're going to be rejected or feel like we're not successful or whatever. We're still the same women. Well, not same yeah. women per se, but you know what I mean? And we're just, like, I mean, just like any other mom, we have kids or all that kind of stuff. So what is it that sometimes we can't get our mind to just like stop telling us to, um, to, to just like, don't reach out to that one because it's going to do whatever. Just like say hi. I mean, say what's hi. the worst that can happen, right? I kid you not. Some of my best friends that I've met, I've met through Instagram mm-hmm. and through, um, through like a newsletter. I, there's this amazing woman named Hitha. Um, and of course I'm going to butcher her last name, but she has a blog called Hitha on the go. And I read her newsletter and it just, it hit me. I was like, I love this. I love her. I love yeah. her energy. And so it's like, Hey girl, like I, I don't know if you'll ever respond to this. I don't know how busy your inbox is, but you're just awesome. I think you're delightful. We should meet up. We should be friends. And we did, and we still are. And we, you know, she visited San Francisco recently Mm -hmm. and I've connected her with so many extraordinary women and she's connected me with so many extraordinary women and opportunities and um, all because I was like feeling ballsy that day and responded to her newsletter. (laughs) Yeah. And again, back to your, um, the thing that you mentioned earlier, just ask, right? Just ask. I mean, what's yeah. the harm? I, I get no's all the time, but I'm also delighted when I get a yes. And mm-hmm. my favorite, uh, okay, for people who literally are scared of asking, I want to tell everyone I'm a, a creep. Like I am a stalker and I hopefully will never be tried for stalking anyone. But um, <laughs> but seriously, like I, if I find something that I'm passionate about or I really am curious about a product, um, alcohol or like clothing or whatnot, I will literally friend them on LinkedIn or like follow them on LinkedIn, direct message them on LinkedIn, find someone on LinkedIn I know that works there or has a friend in common, you know, then reach out that way. Like I'll reach out 19 different ways until I find my way in. Yes. And honestly, though, the two things that I feel like it's it's going to be really powerful for people from listening this episode today, one just ask. And then two, if people say no to you, just keep pushing. Honestly, until yeah, you get to the yes, just keep pushing. There's so many ways to get around it. Just keep yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Go above them, go over them, go, yeah, <laughs> like find their PR person. Yeah. Like there's nothing that brings me more joy than turning a no into a yes. I agree. And then, yeah, I like that. And then I also like to you know, when I pitch people, I like it to be their decision. Mm-hmm. I never want to feel forceful, but I'm like, this is who we are. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. You should be a part of us, but I don't want to pressure you pressure you into this. I want you to be like a hell yes. I want to be a part of this. Um, and no, no pressure. Cause I don't like feeling slimy or salesy yeah. and I never want you to regret your decision, which you won't, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it should be your choice. Cool. So Emily, what's next for you and um, the Six Degrees Society? Oh, such a good question. It's something that I am working on. So right now we're in 10 markets. I do want to expand further, but again, like this is the year where I'm really finessing like how often I should be in in markets. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's right now um, everyone's a a volunteer. So I don't want to, I'm I don't want to expand too quickly. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a luxury store that is in every market (laughs) and cheapens it. Um, And then honestly, I'm actually really excited. I'm launching my very first course. So I felt recently that 
I was missing something. Like I felt like I, I love facilitating and like cultivating and curating relationships, but I wasn't leading or teaching anything myself. Yeah. And so I did some soul, um, soul searching. And what I realized I love teaching people the most is a, like cheerleading them on because there's something about, um, like in, seeing that person's potential and seeing them like understand their potential in themselves and also helping them take that, that journey or that jump from the full, the side hustle to a full-time hustle mm-hmm. and not be, not be a hot mess when they do it and not feel nervous or unsure or like have to discover things over again because yeah. I've got all the tools and resources. So anyways, the course is called um, the hustle is real from, taking your business from side hustle to full-time hustle Mm -hmm. and it's a six week uh pardon a six month course and we meet on on calls three times a month and it takes you through everything from like setting up how to set up a website like with GoDaddy to um, Squarespace to WordPress and I'm not the ones creating this it's just like you know making sure they have the right tools and resources Mm -hmm. to to support them on the journey and then really owning your product or your, your mission of whatever you're building and feeling comfortable and saying, when you go into a networking organization, being like, I am the founder of this lantern company. And I am so excited about it because fill in the blank, fill in the blank Mm -hmm. rather than, um, yeah, I like own this thing. It's no big deal or anything. Um, and owning it and then learning how to, to partner and think broader and not just limit yourself to the customers that you're already sitting on, but to, to seek customers externally through events and partnerships and content and really just being that guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I visualize myself kind of like the dad who's holding the back of your bicycle mm-hmm. without the training wheels where like they're doing all the work. Yeah. And guiding you with the work yeah. and I'm pushing you. And then you are riding that bicycle all by yourself down that hill or up that hill. Oh my gosh, I love it. When when are you launching it? So we're launched right now. We're kind of in beta right now. So I have okay. to, um, you're welcome to email me for more information or uh, it will be live on the website shortly just with more information promoting it. So yeah, I mean, we'll include that on um, the show notes as well. So I'll ask for you the information and okay. we can put that up. Perfect. Cool. And two last questions. Is there a personal message or favorite quote that you want to share with our listeners? For sure. So one of my mottos that I live by is the importance of networking. Obviously, everyone should network. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that with networking, you shouldn't think of it as a transaction. You should be building your network when you're not when you don't need anything. And then you should tap that network when you do. So it shouldn't be something that you need a job or you're itchy in your career that all of a sudden you're you're going out to these people or networking events and showing up, but you should be doing the work consistently even when you don't need anything. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all that and sharing your story, Emily. Thank you for, again, for asking me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you after this uh, podcast? Find me at our website, which is sixdegreesociety.com, all spelled out. Um, or you could email me at emily at sixdegreesociety.com. And then follow us on Instagram. We are six underscore degrees underscore society. Unfortunately, there's another person who has Six Degrees Society in the UK. Oh, um, no. So if you're listening, Six Degrees Society people, please let me know. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so 
you can find us there. Email us. We also are, we send out a, a bi-weekly newsletter with all of our upcoming events and our website also lists what's happening in cities near you. That is amazing. Well, Emily, thank you so much. And when you're in town, let's totally grab a coffee. I would love to chat oh, with you and all that kind of stuff. Likewise, um, I'll be there in August. Yes, so we're- yes that would be nice. I hope it's going to be a lot like summer compared to what it is today. So we can just like sit outside and all that kind of thing. Um, But hey, I will let you go. Thank you so much for being on our podcast and then wishing wishing you all the best with the Six Degree Society. And I know you're going to push through and all of these amazing things will happen for you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. If you happen to listen on your iPhone and um, on iTunes, basically, please do rate us. It would mean so much for us and I will thank you forever. Um, And yeah, we'll look forward to catch up with you again on the next episodes. Bye-bye. This episode was sponsored by Chikalafia Design. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have an amazing day. 